0: Hi, this is Bill Corbett, author of the book, Love, Limits, and Lessons, and executive producer and host of the television show, Creating Cooperative Kids. Thanks for downloading and listening to this new podcast series that will offer interviews with experts, clips from my television show, excerpts from my parent coaching sessions, and even my interviews on the radio. Each podcast will feature help for parents and professionals who live or work with children and teens, so you'll want to subscribe to the entire series. This podcast features an excerpt from my book on the power of potty words, power struggles, and what to do about it all. My book, Love, Limits, and Lessons, A Parent's Guide to Raising Cooperative Kids, was recently awarded the parent-tested, parent-approved seal of approval. Thanks for listening, and I hope you're able to draw at least one helpful tip from this podcast. The Power of Potty Words Imagine this scene. Little Johnny is playing in the sandbox at preschool, and he hears another little boy say a potty word. For the benefit of this discussion, I'll use a gentle one like poo-poo. We've all heard our children use worse, so there's no need for a prize. Johnny repeats his new and unfamiliar word a few times because it's kind of cute and easy to say. There may even be a chance that he has heard mommy or daddy say it, and he wants to be more like them. So he tries out the word. Moments later, the teacher is close by and hears little Johnny use this word. She's shocked and scolds him. As a result of her reaction, he quickly discovers that this word possesses some sort of magical power. Later, Mommy arrives to pick him up. With anticipation and excitement, Johnny decides to try the word out again to see what effect it will have. She nearly drives off the road as she hears him announce it from his car seat behind her. Looking in her rearview mirror, she exclaims, We don't use that word in this family! And thinks to herself, My child is out of control and he's only four or she's wondering, what are they teaching them at this school? Little Johnny is excited about the impact he has had on the adults around him when he uses the word. If he could, I can imagine him saying to himself, I'm going to save this powerful word for later when Grandma comes over to visit. Avoid overreacting. It's common for young children to hear various potty words and begin using them against our wishes. What motivates them is the reaction from the parents and other adults. Your child may be feeling small and unimportant, and suddenly discover that using this special word gives him the power to cause you to overreact. Behavioral experts tell us that children may spend one to three months using a new word they've heard, but if using it causes mommy to lose her cool, the child may keep using it far beyond that normal discovery period. This gives him the feeling of power, and it even turns into an amusing game. Immediately, I suggest avoiding overreaction. This will take away much of the motivation for your child to keep using the word. Remain calm and avoid fearful thoughts that your child is bad or worse, that you're a bad parent. Also, avoid punishment. Many of us can remember having our mouths washed out with soap or being punished in other ways. Instead, calmly and at their eye level, let your children know that you do not like the word and cannot allow anyone in the house to use it. Let them help you come up with an entertaining word that they can substitute. Because they may test you to see how real you are with this new boundary, be ready to calmly remind them of your rule about the word and make it fun and exciting to use the alternate word instead. Taking this firm and loving approach will teach your child more about unconditional love and building respectful boundaries with others. When it becomes a game. Your child's use of a disapproved word can either be entertaining for them or a reflection of a power struggle. In the case of the game, play it down and avoid reacting. This only feeds into the fun. Your child might be saying to you, I want to play with you, so look for alternatives. Occasionally, I would take my grandchildren on trips or shopping at the mall. When Aurora was about four, she would love to play games with me by getting me to chase her. She discovered that at times I would be weighed down with diaper bags or suitcases and she would shout, Chase me, Grandpa, chase me! And would then proceed to run away from me at airports or the mall. Yelling and getting angry didn't work because she didn't understand the danger of it and it only fed into her joy of the game. I quickly learned to do things differently. Go over the rules of the airport or the mall before entering and at the same time find much safer opportunities to play with her. When it's a play for power... When the potty word is being used as an expression of power, once again, don't allow yourself to react emotionally. Simply state a rule about using the word. Recognize it as your child's demonstration of power. Make a big deal out of finding an alternative word, and then redirect his attention by finding methods of expressing power. Handling Power Struggles Power struggles develop every day at work, at the store, and even jockeying for that spot in the parking lot. Just look around you the next time you're out driving. Someone cuts you off, blocks you from entering a lane, or rides your bumper. Initiating a power struggle is a way of expressing the frustration of being overpowered by others, the feeling of having little or no power, or being ignored and forced into feeling insignificant. It makes us want to push back for our own power. The same goes for children. When they feel overpowered or insignificant and want something from us or know we want them to cooperate, they then initiate a power struggle. As parents, our ultimate desire is to prevent all power struggles with our children. These confrontations are difficult to handle, they strain relationships, and are just stress-producing. We can actually avoid power struggles with our children by willingly and regularly offering them more power Appropriate powers such as helping us around the house, including them in decision making, asking for their opinion, and giving them tasks that make them feel important and valuable are things we can implement to reduce the struggles. Assigning chores to a child isn't always the answer, especially if they are presented as orders or if the tasks are too difficult. If the assignment doesn't produce feelings of power and importance, it will be ineffective. Now that you know the real solution to avoiding power struggles, begin looking for opportunities to use it on a regular basis. You will notice immediate results through more cooperation from your child. When a power struggle does ignite, it may have been triggered either by something they want from you or something you want from them. The solutions for each are different and are explained below. What to do when they want something from you. Here's a technique for situations when a child asks for something repeatedly until you cave in. It might be a cookie right before mealtime, a toy while at the store, something they want to play with, or a place they want to go. It's a favorite I've used for years with my children from the preschool years into the teens. When your child first asks for the item you don't want to have, be firm and loving by stating, I'm not willing for you to have that right now. Avoid saying no, because it might encourage him to try harder to make you say yes. Using the term willing sets up a personal boundary and avoids defiance. When he continues to ask, get down to his eye level, do not talk, rub his back gently to help him calm, and if he allows you to, of course, and give him a comforting look that expresses sympathy for his desire that won't be met. Continue these steps until his pleading stops. The secret is your demonstration of greater strength by holding your ground longer than he can and doing it without speaking or getting angry. Children who throw fits to get what they want have been taught to do this by adults around them who have given in to their demands. If he drops to the floor and goes into a meltdown, let it happen. It indicates that you are winning, and he is simply using another technique to get you to crack. If you can learn to do this on a regular basis, you will actually teach your child that you mean what you say. He may throw more fits in the beginning as a way of expressing, I don't like this new thing you're doing, but he will eventually learn to respect you for your boundaries. The most valuable lesson he will learn from your actions is creating respectful boundaries with others. Now, what to do when you need their cooperation? Solutions to blocking a power struggle when you want something from them are very different. I suggest replacing commands or orders with clear and appropriate choices. For example, instead of saying, it's time to take your bath, give them a choice by saying, would you like mommy to give you your bath or grandma? I remember picking up my granddaughter from the daycare center one day, and I could sense that she was overtired. I knew she would not respond cooperatively to my request to get into her car seat, so I offered a choice. I said to her, in a cheerful voice, Would you like Grandpa to put you in your seat, or would you like to do it yourself? Immediately, she declared she would do it herself and strapped herself in. Giving your child choices makes her feel powerful and creates less need to struggle with you. And if backtalk occurs, ignore it. That's right, ignore it. Difficult to do at first and something that was certainly not allowed in our homes as children, the correct approach with children who talk back is to let it go. It is just another technique that they have learned to get us to react to win a conflict. When the parent learns to ignore it, the child stops using it because it is no longer effective. Children do things for the impact of the effects. Finally, there may be times when you don't have the energy, stamina, or time to use any of these techniques at the moment. I've been there and done that. Perhaps you are late for work, feeling embarrassed in a grocery store, or just too tired to think. The only solution to a power struggle, if you don't have the strength to do anything that I've suggested here, may be to stop talking and take your child to your destination. Be as gentle as possible and just concentrate on arriving, because we sometimes say things we regret. Talking less may be the only successful strategy at the moment. You've been listening to my new Creating Cooperative Kids podcast series. If you would like more assistance with discipline and parenting, please visit my website, www.cooperativekids.com. And remember, making the world a better place to live begins by helping our children find their purpose. All information on this recording is the property of Bill Corbett and Cooperative Kids. Copyright 2011, Cooperative Kids Publishing.